New Zealand-based home renovation company, 6,593% ROAS. Sydney-based solar company, 2,700% ROAS. Hunter region-based bathroom renovation company, 5,616% ROAS. Melbourne-based building company, 13,182% return on ad spend. Adelaide-based solar company, 2,881% return on ad spend. Guys, the list goes on and on. If you are a trade-based business and you work with projects like roofing, solar, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, anything like that, head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Book in a conversation. It is game changing. If you want to cut through the noise, then becoming an industry authority is a sure way to do it. With people out there spending so much money on marketing and advertising, very often it's not viable to compete with them on budget. With that in mind, in this series, I'm joined by Erin Haskell, who is the daughter of Dan Hollihan. And Dan joined us on episode 60 of Toolbox Talks. However, Dan, they're from a company called HeatingHelp.com, and they're the number one authority on the planet uh, on the topic of heating. The reason I've asked her to come on the show is because they've done such a great job at solidifying their position as an expert and as an industry authority. And I know there's so much value in what they teach in helping you guys do that as well within your own industries, regardless of what it is. So it's broken down into three episodes. You'll be listening to either the first one, finding the right niche, the second one, which is creating engaging content, or the third one, which is attracting an audience. So enjoy the series. And if you do enjoy it, please leave us some comments in the show notes. And likewise, share it with a friend who you think would like it. Thank you giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business. You're listening to Toolbox Talks from the Site Shed. Now here's your host, Matt Jones. Hello and welcome back to Toolbox Talks. My name is Matt Jones and you are joining me on the uh, series that we've called How to Become an Industry Authority. And I am joined by the lovely Erin Haskell from HeatingHelp.com, uh, all the way from the United States. Erin, um, welcome back to the microphone. Thank you so much. So, Erin, this is the Becoming an Industry Authority series, and uh, we've been through the first episode, which was uh, finding the right niche, and now we're going to be talking about creating some engaging content. And content, I suppose, is the backbone of well, any in any any authority figure that I've ever come across, and you guys have certainly create a lot of it, and it's pretty amazing, I might add. Who would we say that this uh, episode is primarily directed at? I would say it's directed at anyone who who's looking to um, you know market a business or or build a web put content on a website. Yeah, so. I think that is so powerful because I. The reason I asked you that, to be fair, I kind of knew what you were going to say then. But when I talk <laughs> to my customers, they don't listen to me, <laughs> my clients. So I really wanted them to hear it come from somebody who's got a, an absolute online empire. So, guys, this is directed. At, <laughs> okay. This is directed at anybody that has a website. Okay, you need to be out there creating content. So, why is it important, Erin? Um, as I mentioned earlier in the last um, podcast, a lot of the search engines will will look for websites that are constantly having new content on it. Mm-hmm. So that you know, from this from the scientific perspective, that's one reason to have new content. Um, from the human perspective, it's important to have fresh things for to give reasons for people to keep coming back to your website. Yeah. 
So let's talk a little bit about, I suppose, the strategy behind content creation because obviously, you know, we can jump on websites and we can write web pages and all this kind of stuff. However, you do see absolutely terribly written um, copy across websites and blogs and that that kind of thing. And then it's pretty easy to tell, you know, what content has been written for the purpose of search engines only, um, <laughs> what content is actually a reader. So I suppose I'd like to hear from somebody that does create a hell of a lot of content. You know, what's your strategy around that? We write the content um, for the, the user in mind first and foremost. I know what you're saying about the, the search engine content. I used to work for a, a firm in DC that, that wrote, wrote, wrote content for, for sites. And I, you know, how many different ways can you say resort hotel in Atlantic city, New Jersey, or, mm-hmm. um, but it, you know, it, it, it'll attract the, the search, but it might not, it, you know, once people get there, they won't, won't really yeah. pick up on that. So they want to stick around. Our strategy, we generally, we, we listen a lot. We listen to what people are talking about on our discussion forum. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we also have very robust Google Analytics. So we see what people are clicking on and, and you know, what they're lingering on, what they're spending time on. And then we give them more of that. And so when you're um, creating content, do you create, do you collaborate with people? I mean, like I have you, I'm having you on this show right now to collaborate on the topic of how to become an industry authority. Do you do similar stuff on your um, forums and blogs? Yes, we do. We have, a, we have some experts on our site that contribute content. Now, let's talk quickly about how powerful it is for, you know, if you're trying to position yourself as an expert. It's extremely, it's an extremely uh, powerful position to be in when you, um, when you're actually interviewing and questioning and collaborating with other experts. So it kind of, in my experience, it kind of takes the heat off you, but at the same time, it kind of gives you the same, um, the same presence. So obviously, I know absolutely very, very, very little about heating. Um, coming from Australia, all I know is, uh, although I could do some of it right now, but for typically the most part of the year, it's pretty warm. So I'm not sure if the heating, um, uh, the heating industry in Australia is as big as it would be in the United States. However, you know, by getting people on the show that are experts in heating, it also gives me credit. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when you guys are collaborating with specialists, are you, um, are these people that are you going out there to find these um, various topics of conversation? So say there might be an interest in something come through your forum, a certain topic, and then you go research somebody who is an expert in that area. And then you, it's like a similar format. You get them on the show to talk about that. Um, it generally goes the other way around. We, um, we have, so, like we have a friend um, named Ray Wolfarth, who is um, a specialist in commercial boilers. So he gives us articles for the website that we think our audience will find interesting based on. Uh. Based on. So we haven't started, you know, I'm so glad that we're talking about this because this is something that I'd love to pursue in the future, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of content creation, actually seeking out experts. But our, our approach as up until this point has been more, um, a little bit more reactive, you know, so say we, 
we noticed um, last winter that there were a lot of people coming into our forum and talking about um, PEX piping and will it freeze? Um, so we noticed, okay, there's a need for content based on that. So we created an article and we do a lot of the writing in-house. Um, we wrote an article specifically about that, just pulling from the different um, opinions of the experts who come on our site. Yeah. So that, and there's also, you know, some things about how to paint an old radiator. So we'll provide some content about that. So in, you know, in those scenarios, um, you know, somebody's, somebody, there's been conversations around freezing PEX pipes. Do you guys take that upon yourselves to go and research the solution or the outcome to that equation? Or would you fall back on a professional who could help you, uh, who has experience with that and can actually give you firsthand feedback? Well, the great thing about our forum is the conversation is already happening. Okay. So there are a ton of experts on there. I mean, there was a guy um, who works in Alaska who said that one of his customers went out of town for two weeks and it was below 40 and he came back and the whole, the whole, all the pipes were frozen, but nothing burst. So, you know, he gave us more info on the topic and it was first a firsthand account and it was fantastic. So then we, we can take that content and, and you know, sum it up in an article so that if someone's on our main website, they can go there and find out more. So it just provides more, more areas for people to find answers to okay. things that they're having questions about. Okay, I get you. So basically, <clears throat> in that scenario, it was that it was those questions and that conversation through the forum that led you to create that um, specific piece of content. Yes. While at the same time providing you with many of the answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's very clever. Very clever. Time to start cranking my forum a bit more, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's talk about, we're, talk, we're talking about creating engaging content here. <clears throat> Obviously, the forum um, for you guys, well, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, for a lot of our listeners, they won't have a forum. Although I say that, maybe they will. I mean, I suppose you can look at things like, you know, Facebook, I suppose, in a way that could potentially be some a kind of forum. What are the different types of content that we can create? Like, I mean, obviously, we're talking now on a on a podcast. Um, this is like an audio. This is audio content. Your what else would there be? There's blogs, I guess, right? So written. Yeah. So we have our web content. You know, there's print. My father writes for several print mag- trade magazines. Video. We just launched um, two of our seminars on a video platform. We actually we recorded. Um, and this is great. I am learning, you know, more as this technology develops. But yeah. we were able to record his seminars um, on my computer screen on the PowerPoint with audio from him yeah. um, using Camtasia video software. Yeah. And then we we um, use PivotShare to serve and sell the um, the videos. So now people who weren't able to hear his seminars before, you know, be it that they weren't able to make it or they, you know, he didn't go to the area where they were located. Now they're able to watch these videos from the comfort of their own home. Or, you know, if they've seen them before, they can get a refresher about it. That is so powerful. That is um, actually one thing that um, I was taught um, a while ago, from a from a friend and colleague of mine, uh, Dave Jennings in Australia, he um, he is a I suppose a, an authority on creating authority content, and um, mm-hmm. he just released a book yesterday, actually, which I just received in the mail called Authority Content, and I might even uh, send you a copy of this because I think you'll quite like it. But he has always taught me over the years, um, 
you know, if you're going to be ever ever presenting or recording or, you know, holding a workshop or a seminar or whatever it is, always record it because then you can take that content and you can turn it into, into um, a, a video course or a training series or whatever it is. Like you can really repurpose it. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, YouTube is the second largest search engine out there now. Right. Um, so a lot of that is coming up on search and people, people don't really realize the power of it because they're not filling in those descriptions right. and the different things. And, and I was reading a book talking about the image recognition now behind that. A lot of car de- dealerships are using that in their marketing. You know, they'll do compare one car to another, um, you know, a high Honda, Toyota, they'll compare the two and then they'll show up in search for both. Yeah. Okay. Really. So people are looking for 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 one car, and they'll come and see. So it's it's interesting all of the 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 potential that's there with video. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And it's it's funny actually. I've only in the last few weeks we've just uploaded every single podcast we've done to to uh, YouTube um, mm-hmm. because, like, I mean, I've, I don't know why it took me so long to be honest. Like, I always preach, you know, it's the world's biggest, it's the world's second biggest search engine. And then I was sitting at home one day reading something, and I was like, "Why have my podcast not on YouTube?" So now they all mm-hmm. are. So now, they're, now they're searchable. But yeah, no, it's it's a pretty powerful tool. I mean, I suppose the way that <clears throat> the way that we as people um, have started consuming content these days, or you know, we're talking about engaging, you know, creating engaging content, we've got to kind of meet our audience where they're at. And I mean, I know, especially for my audience, I imagine we sort of share a similar um, demographic. Like they, they love video. They, I mean, a lot of my guys are far more inclined to watch a video than you know read a blog post. So you know, if it's even sort of come to the point where if we're going to do a do a um, create a blog post, then we'd probably create a video on it as well. <laughs> yes, I agree. We're we're seeing similar trends in our in our side of things as well. I think as well, just for the convenience of it, you know, it's it's you know you can you can listen to an audio while you're driving. You can even listen to you know I suppose a, a video while you while you're doing something else. It's, it, re- reading is is super important. I love doing it, but I think for a lot of the guys, they may struggle with the time. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's one of the reasons why we decided to go with the podcast because it's I mean guys can you know they can just walk around with their headphones in all day while they're at work and they can still get value you know yes I do the same with the audio book right oh did you, so all your books are they are they audio books as well yeah oh well we haven't done that yet that's that's a long term goal but okay <laughs> the books we sell are not audio yet there it's a challenge because a lot of them involve diagrams oh, um, and images course. to point out to illustrate the various principles yes um, good point but concept books in general can be can be brought on and my dad has he does have a book called what hydronics Todd Hallahan that could would do very well on audio so I just mm. have to wait and see if his voice is up for it. Oh, we- I just got him to record the seminars, so that was six plus hours. So I think he needs a break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Dan, you'll be right. So, um, does he? When you're, excuse my ignorance here, when you're recording a uh, an audio book, is it you? Is it you that write? It's reading it out, or do you, do you normally have like a prof- are they professional audio book readers or something? Oh, we haven't even done this, but um, okay. from what I've seen on Audible, um. Sometimes you, you can, you, I mean, I think you can do it on your own. Um, but I think you do need a, a, a high quality sound. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
Um, so I see a lot of them going toward the professional reader. Yeah, I think I'd be leaning that way myself. I'm not the best reader. <laughs> well, you're ra- radio trained with the podcast, I think. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, that's it. As my as my friends tell me, I've definitely got a head for radio, so that's good. <laughs> um, so when we're talking about sharing this content, content syndication, do you guys have any strategies around, you know, what, what, I suppose primarily creating engaging content and then getting it out there and getting people getting people engaging with it? Yeah, so um, our newsletter is a good example of this because we send out the newsletter every Thursday. And um, what we do is we have Google Alerts set up for various topics within heating. So we capture all of the different news stories that are going on in the world. And, and, um, you know, we'll we'll write little articles about them um, and put them in our newsletter with the links to the various articles. And the thing that, that I think people like about our newsletter is that it's not all, it's, no, rarely about us. It's mostly about, you know, the cool, the cool stuff and the news. And, you know, occasionally we'll put a sale in there or neat things that we're doing. But, but I think that the reason why we've had so many loyal followers is because we, we don't really, it's not too salesy and it doesn't push things on yeah. people. So we'll pull this news and then we'll send that out um, every Thursday. And people like it because they know when it's going to come. It's reliable. Um, we have their permission to contact them. It's entirely opt-in. Yeah. Um, so we do that on Thursday. Um, more recently, we started a Tuesday newsletter. And that that we will point out different... Um, different products that we have but but in in this sense you know our our main news newsletter is mostly news okay and so why thursday initially we did some some you know when when things were when this newsletter whole newsletter thing was young it was said that thursday is a good day for opens because people you know mondays are tough because people are just coming in and their inboxes are full and and um, so we chose Thursday, figuring the week is winding down. People are more apt to have um, an, an inbox that is less busy. Have you tested that? We moved it around initially, and we found that that um, that Thursday is is a good day for us for our audience. Um, we tested it a little as far as time of day, um, but overall, I found that consistency trumps, um, you know. T- Diff, you know, but moving it around, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because once people know they're going to expect your newsletter at this time on this day, um, you hesitate to move it. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Because I mean, that's something I've been. I mean, obviously, our, our newsletter is a lot newer than yours, but uh, we we release ours on a Friday. Um, however, I've been toying with the idea of maybe just moving around a little bit to see what responds better. And I'm thinking Friday may not be the best because people are winding up and they may not be checking emails. So maybe I'll give Thursday a crack and see if we get any better in opens. Give Thursday a try and let me know. We found that the Friday, um, you know, not everyone's around. Yeah. It's particularly in the summer. They're, the three-day weekends and stuff come right. into play. Yeah, cool. Okay. All right. Well, look, I think uh, that kind of wraps up what I wanted to talk about there. I, would, I suppose in, in creating engaging content, my, my takeaway, my advice for listeners out there would be uh, make it relevant to your audience. Don't don't create content on things that you think they'd want to hear. And the re- what I mean by that is you, know, you you're so I so frequently, I mean, obviously we build websites and we get a lot of people giving us content. And the content they give us is so written for themselves 
Like mm-hmm. it's technical and, you know, there's jargon and there's all this stuff in there that typically people that, you know, could potentially be their one of their customers, they would have no idea what they're talking about. So I think if you're going to be creating um, content, mate, create it like with with the, the with the reader in mind. Don't be out there creating it, you know, for what you'd want to read because you have a lot more experience in those sort of things. And don't necessarily create it with the sole purpose of showing up on the search engines. However, you can certainly employ, you know, search engine optimization strategy into your articles, and I encourage everyone to do that. But I wouldn't necessarily do it for the sole purpose of that. <laughs> Any takeaways from you, Erin? Yes, I agree. And I'd say keep it interesting and informative. Um, We use a lot of stories and real life examples to illustrate our points. And I find that that resonates well with our audience. Okay, that's cool. So I'm like uh, case studies kind of things. Is that what you mean? Case studies and more so, more so real, real life stories. My, as you know, my father is a very good storyteller, so yeah. he'll he'll look for article ideas in everyday life, and and he'll just tell stories from when he was on the job or otherwise. He never lets the um, the truth get in the way of a of a story of a good story. <laughs> so the technical info will be spot on, but a lot of the embellishing will be it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, I think that that's part, a lot of a lot of why he's so, such a successful person in the industry is just he's just so much fun to be around and yeah. One thing we didn't touch on, which I suppose we should before we close up, is social media. Um, so obviously, social media is you know there's a lot of noise on social media, um, and but it is a good it is a good medium to distribute uh, content, and it is a good medium, I suppose, to gain an audience. Um, do you guys use a lot of social media? We do, um, but we we don't rely on it as much as we we do on our on our main sites. Just because we're you know looking at our analytics, it's it, Facebook ranks maybe number seven in terms of referrals. Yeah, um, for traffic into the site. Okay. Um, so we're engaged. We're active. Um, my advice for social media is don't jump into all of the platforms. Yeah. Pick a handful that will work well with with your business and your preferences, and then be all in on those because there's nothing worse than having you know a, a Pinterest or a Facebook or a Twitter where you're not engaging, and pe- then people will start to think you're not engaged in. You know, you're not responsive in your business. Yeah, it's one thing we always teach people, you know, it's important to claim all of that real estate for yourself so no one else can, but choose pretty wisely where you spend your time. And, you know, if you've got, especially if you've got a visual product, like if you're a landscape gardener or you're a, you know, you you do, you're a builder and you, you know, you do renovations and decks and this kind of stuff, like that's a very visual product. And visual social platforms will work well in your favor in that in those regards. You know, your Instagrams and you know potentially Pinterest and things like that. Whereas, you know, you got to be realistic about, I suppose, you know, sharing those sort of visual that, that visual content on places like LinkedIn. You're probably not going to get very much engagement at all. So just be selective, I suppose. Yes, I agree. All right, awesome. Well, thanks for that. Um, I think we're pretty much done on that topic, which is uh, the second of the third episode in the industry, How to Become an Industry Authority uh, series. We're going to come back with the third episode, which is going to be attracting an audience. So um, thank you, Erin Haskell, for joining us once again. Thank you. And um, listeners, we'll be back with the following episode.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Toolbox Talks. If you're liking what you hear, then you can head across to the siteshed.com where you can join our community by signing up to our Toolbox Talks. Uh, you'll get sent a weekly notification, which is basically a highlight of everything that we've spoken about during that week, along with any other industry news that may be relevant or specific to the trades. If you're enjoying the show, you can head across to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, where you can leave us a review. Uh, That would be fantastic, and all the reviews get read out in the show. Uh, Likewise, if you have any friends or colleagues that you think would benefit from the show and the, the episodes that we create, then please go ahead and share it with them. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please, if you did, head across to iTunes and leave us a review. We would very much appreciate that. Anyway, if you are a project-based trade business and you work in solar or bathroom renovations or kitchen renovations or roofing or something along those lines, and you would like to see some of the results that we've been showcasing in our marketing on for your business, thousands of percent return on ad spend, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, 13,000% return on ad spend, please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation and I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.